Welcome to the Let's Talk About It podcast with your host, Denise. Denise can be found on IamDenise.com and all social media platforms. On Let's Talk About It, we dive into the path along the journey while celebrating the human spirit, resilience, and ability to grow beyond limitations. Are you ready? Okay, then let's talk about it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Relish the Journey, a podcast where we, we talk to literally anyone and everyone, as long as they're super cool, like our guest today, about the journey that they're on, because I believe that everybody's got a journey. I'm out to interview the world, and I'm doing it one person at a time. So today, we are graced by Denise Grandison. She is a life coach, and we're going to talk about what that means. How does one become a life coach? What makes you qualified to be a life coach and her journey to get to this point? So, Denise, a big welcome to you to Relish the Journey. Thank you so much for giving us your time and being a guest on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Miles. It's such a pleasure. I love your podcast and I'm so excited to be a guest. So let's do this. All right. Great. Thank you. So life coach, you're on the sidelines of somebody's life in your sweatpants with a whistle making them run laps, right? What, what, what is a life coach? Why don't we start there and define it for people? Okay. Well, it's, it's not exactly what you described, although that <laughs> sounds more exciting. So I think, honestly, there are so many people around us that's in our lives um, that, that are, you know, helping us coach through the process of life. Uh, for me, I started out to be a therapist, a traditional therapist. So I have a master's degree in counseling and I was going through the traditional counseling route and I decided to incorporate life coaching into that because it gave me a wider range, you know, in which I could kind of talk to people in a less formal way and there's a lot more sharing that's involved. As you know, if you've ever been to therapy, it's a little bit of a kind of restricted relationship in terms of disclosure and transparency. And with life coaching, I find the relationship to be a little more uh, organic and a little less formal. So I help people navigate the day-to-day issues of life, the good, the bad, the ups, the downs, the obstacles, the limitations. I challenge their belief system. I help them to hold themselves accountable and just like co-facilitate what they already have in place or implement strategies that's going to get them towards their goal. So some people are listening right now are saying, okay, Denise, that sounds like my best friend, Sally, right? Like I already have that in my, in my friend. Why do I need to pay for that with you, with somebody else? So what is that threshold between having a confidant, somebody that does all those things you talked about and they've been in your life for a while, you have that, and then when do you decide to bring in an outside person, pay them to take it to the next level? What is that tipping point? I think the tipping point really is having a dog in the fight. You know, your best friend knows what you've been through, and a lot of times when they're giving you advice, it's not necessarily what is best for for you, it's what is going to make it easier for you, or what is going to have you deal with a situation within a certain level of comfort. And that comfort level in which your, you know, close 
friends or loved ones may want you to deal with the situation may not be the level in which you have to burst through the limitation or the frame of reference just from your best friends. Because our friends and family, bless their heart, a lot of times they're just doing the best they can with what they know. And sometimes they're pulling from their own limited belief systems. Sometimes they're pulling from their, their own pain or their own family dynamics. And when you go to a life coach, I think there's more objectivity, there's more accountability, and there are measured ways for you to kind of examine what you want, what you say you want, what your actions are, and just really have that in a more structured way that a best friend or a family member may not necessarily give you, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. And you know, spoiler alert, everyone, I'm, I'm biased in this because I have also been a coach for people. So I get everything that Denise is saying. <laughs> and whenever I'm asked that question, because it's not something, I'm not like you, like I'm a podcaster first. And every once in a while, I have somebody approach me and ask if I'd be willing to coach them in something. It could be as mm-hmm. an accountability coach or starting their own podcast or whatever it might be, right? Some element of yeah. the, the overarching umbrella of life. But I, I take the analogy of this, right? I was joking in the beginning about the the sweatsuit and whistle for a coach like that, that archetype. But if you think about that, right, if you, like I'm a parent, and so if my son was a swimmer like I was, and he gets in the pool, and he swims for half an hour and says, Dad, I'm cold, I'm tired, I don't want to swim the mile today. Come on, Dad, please, gives me those puppy dog eyes, right? As a dad, I'm probably going to (laughs) say, all right, we'll do it tomorrow. Yes. But as the coach yes. to somebody else's kid, I'm going to say, no, shut your mouth and get, get swimming again. You need this. I know you need this. I know you're slacking. I can push you harder. You know you need to do it as well, but you just want to take the easy path, and I'm going to push you past yourself. And that's what a coach is. I also think it's somebody who has, at least in my experience, and then we can talk about yours, somebody who has done it before. So like that swim coach I had had been a swimmer himself. He had trained in college before I did. He had swam the races for years before I did. He knew how far to push somebody because he had been pushed himself. And so that was part of what qualified him to then coach me and know how far was too far and when I just needed to quit my belly aching and and keep swimming. And it's the same thing if I'm going to coach somebody on a podcast or on accountability. You know, I've done things. I've started this show. I've grown the show. I've written a book. I've done the TED Talk thing. So if somebody comes to me and says, they want to do that, I'll say, okay, I know exactly how to do that. Let's go. And then along that path, they start to wimp out. I can push them because I've been there versus that best friend, like you said, who just loves you no matter what. They want you to to be happy. And when you're not happy that day because it's hard to do a big life thing, they're going to let you slack versus pushing you because that's exactly what you should be doing in that moment. So that's why I love that physical sports coaching analogy because I think it's very much the same for this conversation we're having. I think so too. And I think another element to that is a lot of times when we're talking to our family and our friends, we really don't disclose things that we're ashamed about or that we feel guilty for or that we don't feel like we're living up to the standard or the definition that they have us defined as. And so a lot of times we hold back information, really important information about how we feel, because sometimes we feel like we have to present ourselves as 
you know, being unaffected by something or we want to maintain the brand, so to speak, with our friends and our families. And when you have a life coach, you have an area where you can be a little less guarded in terms of really digging into how you feel and how you're affected without having to include the person that you're speaking to perspective or how they're going to be affected by what you're saying or how they're going to feel. And in in regards to your analogy about, you know, the coach having done the things before that they're coaching, I think so many great lessons come from our failures. I have two master's degrees. I have one in education. I have one in counseling. And I can honestly tell you that I've learned more about myself and about life from the failures that I've had, from the times where I've had to be resilient beyond my own, even like my own understanding of what my capabilities were, you know, from times where I was depressed and didn't know that I was depressed and I was functioning, you know, like a highly functional person who's really functioning in a dysfunctional way. So when you've had those experiences and you've you know, had to overcome those experiences and you understand how they affect not just you, but people around you. Whenever you're engaging a conversation with someone who's going through that, it makes it easier for you to relate. It makes it easier for you to connect. And I think I like the idea of having someone that I can relate to when I'm getting coached. I don't know about you. What do you think? Oh, I totally agree. And that's one of my gripes with the coaching industry is that it seems like everybody with an internet connection and a GoDaddy domain name is building themselves as a coach sometimes, you know, and building up their success to be something it's not, or only showing like the Instagram highlight reel of the success and not the failures. And I totally agree with you on failure. That was a big part of of the book I wrote called Unseen Work. I had two different frameworks all about failure in there because I totally agree with you. You said you, you learn so much more from failing and getting back up than when it's life's rosy all the time. You know, you don't really know what you don't know at that point. You've got to go through the, the hard way to kind of come out the other side wiser. And if you'll, you'll uh, humor me, I want to read a section from your website. It's funny you mentioned failure. I was about to get into this and you, you said failure because I love how, how tra- um, what's the word, uh, transparent and humble you are about this because a lot of coaches like I said, don't really act like they fail, but you've got this paragraph on your website in your about me section says, I have succeeded brilliantly, failed drastically, crawled in and out of shame, bypassed and suppressed, acknowledged and ignored pieces and spaces within myself in the process of self-discovering. I am not a model of a person who has made it. I too am going up the mountain, but I'm still learning every day along my journey. I'm a mother, a sister, a friend, a woman, a soul, a purpose, and a work in progress. I love that. So if I, I'd clap Thank if it wasn't, you. you know, an audio nuisance right now, but I, I'm with you. And I think that's important that people want to feel like there's not this huge power dynamic with a coach, I think, right? You don't want to get in your coaching session every week and just get yelled at or talked down to, right? You, you want that blend of an empathetic ear, somebody who's in it with you in, in their own way, but then also somebody that knows when to give that firm touch. Absolutely. I think it's, it's sometimes inauthentic and it's a disservice to sit across from someone and try to project this energy or element of perfection. You know, there are days when I have a client and I am learning 
from the client and the process as we are kind of discussing, you know, what's going on in their life in that moment. And there are times where I'm able to connect with a client, not because of something that I succeeded, but because of something that I failed. And because of the inner dialogue that I recall in my mind that I was thinking when I was going through what I was going through, that I understand without the client even disclosing it to me. You know, I can share with them a rationalization that they're giving themselves that they haven't even disclosed to me in a session, that that's what they're using to justify a limited belief, or that's what they're using to not confront certain areas in their life. And those things, they come from real places. They they come from mistakes. They come from failures. They come from having to crawl out of the very place that you're helping someone to navigate as they're struggling in that same place. So I, I really love that component of what I do because I think in counseling, it's a little more formal. And in our training as, as therapists, we were taught not to disclose to clients. It's really frowned upon um, to you know, kind of disclose anything personal about you in terms of relating and connecting it. That's one of the issues I struggled with traditional therapy because it's through the connection that I think healing really takes place and not just through theory. Yeah, I agreed. And it's, and in that way, it's interesting, you know, I don't know if you feel this way when you coach someone, but some days I almost feel guilty taking their money because it's like, man, I think I got more out of this session than maybe you did. Because like while you're coaching and, and like you say stuff to somebody else and realize it's exactly what you needed to hear as somebody who's going up the mountain, right? It, it's nice when you share because you get kind of coached by yourself and by them in a way. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a res- like a reciprocity, you know, you're getting something, you're giving something. And when you take something from the person's experience, remember, you've had to do a lot of work in order to be able to even synthesize the information the way you're synthesizing it. Because there's a lot of times people give you stuff, but if you haven't done the work, you don't get it. You know, like, like a lot of times you will present something to someone and because they're not at a certain space in their journey, they, they can't synthesize it. They don't get it. So even in how we receive information, it's really indicative of the work that we're doing, how we receive information, how we give information, how we respond versus how we react. And I think having someone to help you navigate that process in a non-judgmental way that is not as formal or um, traditional or just tied to a diagnosis, I think leaves um, a lot of work to take place. And I I just love being a part of that process. So if somebody's listening to this, they're kind of, they're kind of picking up what we're putting down. They're considering (laughs) maybe hiring a life coach. Maybe they're considering hiring you, Denise. What kind of questions do you think people need to ask when vetting a coach? Because there are a lot of options out there. How can you tell if somebody is everything they say they are, or if they're the right fit for you? How do you figure that out? I think when someone's looking for a life coach, there's some things that they should ask themselves. The first question is, why am I looking for a life coach? What is it that I'm looking for? What do I need? What are my non-negotiables? What is it that I want to get from this process? And how 
will I be able to evaluate if the person that I'm talking to is able to give that to me? And one of the ways you can identify real quickly is, are they able to make connections? So if they're just repeating everything you say and giving you empathy, yes, that's good. That shows that they have really good listening skills, but so does your best friend or so does your wall or so does, you know, your recording device. You want someone who's going to give you feedback in a constructive way that allows you to connect dots that you might have not connected before and helps to bring something out that you might have not been able to articulate or to identify. But the minute it starts to come up, you realize, wow, this is this is something and this is something that I, I've been struggling with or this is something that I want to work on or this is something that I want to look at. And this person has really been instrumental in helping me to uncover that and helping me to challenge that and able and, you know, helping me to look at that in a way that I wouldn't see that before. And you can honestly tell that with a conversation. You really can. I know sometimes people say the first conversation, you know, you really can't tell, but based on the questions that they're asking you and, you know, how it aligns with what your overall goal is, I think you can make pretty good assessments relatively um, quickly when it comes to a therapist or a life coach. Yeah, I could tell everybody listening that the coach is making that assessment assessment of you in that first call. You know, we said <laughs> we said off air, right? There are some people you just say no to because you can see the mm-hmm. writing on the wall that they're gonna they're gonna drain you dry of your energy, and it's not gonna Absolutely. it's not gonna work. So there's nothing wrong in trusting that gut, and because it is a two way relationship, don't be surprised, everybody, if you go and ask someone to coach you and they tell you no, or they tell you that you're yeah. not ready yet. Go back and you need to work on these things. And then you'll be ready for what I'm going to put you through in a way, right? Like going back to the physical example, you got to build up your base physical fitness before you, you know, want to try out for the team. And in many ways, it's like that. And I think that's how you know you're talking to somebody who knows their stuff. They're not just grabbing Mm -hmm. every dollar that's walking through the door. They're being selective. They've got a process they know works because it's been tested on themselves and others. And so if that happens, don't take it as a, a negative thing or as this guy is full of himself, who is this person? It's probably the exact person you need to work with, and you got to get to the point where you're ready for it. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of times, sometimes people, when they're going to therapy or they're going to see a life coach, sometimes people really want the, what I call the woe is me, you know, type of feedback. And empathy is important, but accountability is important as well. And we have to be willing to look at the role in which we play in whatever is happening to us or whatever is happening around us. And if you're not at a space where you're ready to like examine what role you play in that, it's not necessarily a good match for me because I'm wanting to work with people who are ready for change, who are ready for understanding and who are ready to really look at things that may be uncomfortable, but it's going to contribute to their overall growth. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. So where should people find you if they're ready to take the next step or have a conversation about this? Okay. So I can the easiest place to find me is on my website, which is www.imdenise.com. That's imdenise.com. Denise is spelled regular, plain old <laughs> D- <laughs> spelled like it sounds. D-E- yep. 
Yes, just like it sounds, D-E-N-I-S-E. So that's um, IamDenise.com. And you can uh, go to my website, send me an email or send me a message. And I will usually try to get back to um, anyone who reaches out. However, you know, as you said before, honestly, we have to be protective of our energy and we have to be protective of the space that we're in every day. And while it's a privilege and an honor for me to share energy and space with people who are wanting to do the work, sometimes I can't share energy and space with everyone who thinks they're ready to do the work. So, you know, like you said, it's it's nothing personal. Um, you know, there are only so many hours in the day. I usually don't carry a pretty large caseload because I want to really build on those relationships. Uh, we do offer classes sometimes, so that gives a little bit, um, you know, kind of like test the water um, type uh, <laughs> Sure, yeah. option. And so we have many classes on living your best life, uh, being authentic, looking at dating and relationships, uh, looking at anxiety and uh, stress management. So we have uh, classes that's usually going on year round. And then I have limited one on one availability. But I love what I do. And I think if you are at a place in your life where you are ready to really get down to it, I'm I'm here with you. I'm here for you. And we can navigate this journey together. Great. All right, everyone. That's a wrap on this episode of Relish the Journey. Be sure to check out that link in the show notes to imdenise.com. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation about life coaching, what it is, how you pick one, and what it can do for you. Until next time, everybody. Cheers. been listening to the podcast let's talk about it feel free to support our podcast by selecting the sponsorship link on this platform drop us a line or even be one of our guests visit us on the web at www.imdenise.com to learn more